Hey guys, welcome to my show. Today is a really special episode as we have a guest with us. Her name is um, Sonia Iris Lozada. She is a poet and performer fascinated with perceptions of time, history, dreams and the metaphysical. So she is going to be with us for this show. and we'll be talking about her writing process her poems and many more so with no f- more further ado let's call upon her and let's see what she has in store for us okay so i've started recording so first of all i would like to thank you for being here with us and i would like you to introduce yourself to the audience hi i'm sonia lozada so like could you tell us more about yourself how you started writing and your whole process um, i'm a poet and a writer i was a singer for a long time so i used my poetry as lyrics but i started writing poetry since i was a child I was really young and as soon as I learned how to write I was writing poetry of course you know back then it was like roses are red violets are blue but as you get older I I just wrote for myself I didn't write for other people to read for me it was very therapeutic to write poetry so I did and then I um had a had some downtime and I decided to publish So I got myself an editor and wow did my poetry need a lot of work at first cuz it was just first drafts. I would just write poetry and put it in a drawer and forget about it. But the, uh, unless I was doing lyrics for a song. But then I got um an editor and she was pretty amazing. She really taught me a lot and I did my first book and since then I've had three books out. That's really nice. So could you like tell us like what kind of poems you wrote about and what were your topics? Yeah, my um my poetry mostly deals with uh spiritual self-help and I love sci-fi, so it's a lot of metaphysical type of philosophies. It um so it's more about the self-help. It's more like who are you acceptance, um leadership, what uh emotions make you make a person tick nice so now we are going to come to the interview questions these were like just a few basic questions so what was the most unethical practice in the publishing industry um the the one thing i i it's um vanity publishing where I feel the writers are taking advantage of because you pay for everything and then you use their ISBN number and that means they own it. They they are the publisher. So all around you kind of lose because you're paying for all the services but yet they they have the publishing rights to your your work. Okay, so have you ever thought about getting one of your poems all your poems turned into a movie? Yes, actually I do have one of my uh books is called Follow Akashic Dreaming Through Time which 
literally came from dreaming and meditating and it's about reincarnation but we're taking i'm right i'm working with a producer and we're writing movies from each stanza and the first one we're doing is fighting for freedom um and that one is obviously it's a movie we're writing a treatment so it's it um it deals with a lot of research even though it is fictional so um does writing energy energize you or exhaust you it does not exhaust me to me is since i do write poetry and i write things that are good for the soul i feel or at least um very retrospective that i don't feel exhausted i feel more at peace you know having to rewrite and rewrite and doing research you know the research can be exhausting but the actual writing process is not exhausting to me it's liberating so you love the writing process more than the researching process the writing process versus what like the researching process um the writing process i i i just love it i i get an idea or i see um a story in front of me or i see signs like um one of the first poems in uh kashik dreaming follow is about a pottery and in my dream i just saw someone's hands making pottery and then i saw the date 300 bc and there was such sadness with this that i did the research and i go okay what kind of pottery existed in 300 bc and um so i looked and i i saw you know mesoamerica that didn't fit european that didn't fit when i got to the terracotta soldiers in china i said that's it and so then the whole poem i made up a character of what they were going through at that time even though they were an artisan that's really nice so could you tell us more about what common traps um are there in writing like things which many people face while writing their book or poem um traps um not having people understand i think that when you write it should be easy it should be written for the general public it shouldn't be written for other writers and other researchers because it could become boring and you won't really sell much you have having the average person understand what you're writing and have a pa- and hopefully they'll get a passion for it like you have okay so does a big ego help or hurt writers like a big ego or like when you are like wow i can write better than others and stuff you know what i think having an i think the ego gets a lot of bad press we need the ego the ego protects us it also motivates us to do things now sometimes the motivation is not good for our soul so um my motivation would be um you have you have to have a little ego especially if you want to perform you have to be willing to say okay i'm i'm okay i can go on stage and i could perform this or i could do a reading so you do need some type of presentation and that i believe comes from the ego so you're saying that ego can be bad at sometimes and good at sometimes well ego is bad when it prevents you from moving on when 
when you're it, it freezes you so much because of your perceptions and your perceptions say oh no this is bad or this is against my belief system then it 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 doesn't do you any good because you never move you never advance you never go into acceptance and going through difficult times in life are lessons and then once we get over them then they're gone and we don't have to worry about it we learn that lesson now it's on to the next one okay so did you ever consider writing under a pseudonym like a pen name or something which is not actually your name yes i did on my first poetry book i was trying to figure out because my first poetry book is called Inspire Me Raw. And it talks about really raw and sometimes traumatic experiences. Some of them are not mine, but um, there are things that I have been in the company of. And so with those, um, with, with that kind of story, I didn't want people to know so much about me. You know, I was afraid that I was going to be judged or that it was going, it was mostly for judgment. I didn't want people to judge me. I didn't want people to say, oh my God, I, I didn't know you went through that. Um, but I said, you know, if I do a pseudonym, I'm not getting over myself and I need to move on. I need to go beyond this. And if it helps somebody else, and which I heard it did, I had people writing writing to me, telling me, it's like, oh my God, I never knew, knew you went through that. I went through that too. And I thought I was the only one. So it did help in that point. And that's what my whole process was. So that's why I didn't use a pseudonym. I decided not to. So now I have a question for you. Some people have a pseudonym which is actually a real person's name and they don't realize this. Let's say that you kept a pseudonym which is actually someone else's name and then they get the credit. How would you feel? Well, not too good. And I think that's something that if you, that I, I should do, if I was going to use a pseudonym, I would do research on it first to make sure that name is not taken and to see who else has it. Um, because I've Googled myself and my sister Googled herself and there's actually a porn star with her name. So you have to watch any name you might want to take because uh, you have to do your research on it. Make sure it's not duplicating someone so you don't come across that problem. Okay. That's a really good point which you made. Um, do you try more to be original or to deliver to readers what they want? Well... Since my stuff is mostly based on self-help and emotions and things most people would go through, even though some of them are done in a more traumatic way. And, you know, my books have comedy and um, some traumatic stories. But um, now I lost the question. I'm sorry, can you repeat it? So I was asking that, do you want... Um to try to be more original or do you want to deliver to readers what they actually want? More original. You know, and I think we all, be? yeah, since we're all, all of us are emotional creatures. Um, I think that if you write from emotion or from a storyteller point of view without judgment and without trying to be preachy, that most people could associate with it. So. Um, I think I write for everybody. Okay, so you will write for everybody so that everyone gets a, like, a brief intro about emotional things, right? 
Yeah. You know, and we, I talk about, I'm actually starting my own podcast and it's called Poetic Resurrection where we deal with perceptions and the whole thing is based on perceptions. We'll talk about anger and how it affects people, um, poetry and how it helps. There's always going to be a, one of my poems read and it's all about, it, it's inclusive. I don't separate by political views or religion. Um, it's more about the self and seeing if I could help somebody with that. That's really nice. So now, um, could you tell us, like, are you planning to keep a, your book in a series or is it original, like, separate or, like, how is it? Is it like a series? Um, I usually write from what comes to me. So my first book was called Inspire Me, and that's the series called Inspire Me. The first book was raw because it dealt with very raw emotions. The second book in this series is called Inspire Me Perception, which is all about perceptions. Even if it's like what we think about food or what we think about people, like I, you know, I, it, what we think, what our experiences are and how we perceive them. And so that book is Inspire Me Perception. The next one in the series, which is the one I'm talking about, which will be, I mean, the one I'm currently writing is, has to do with, um, it has more poems and short stories and it's called in time of need so everything has to be like what do we need you know um especially during this pandemic it's been quite trying for so many people and i think most of us are really questioning what is it that we really need so could you tell us like what is the difference between your needs and your wants the, the needs are, are, if you look at what you really need, you don't need too much. You need a roof over your head. You need money to survive. You need food on the table and you need, uh, you need to be healthy and get around. What we want might be, you know, a nice car. And um, we could still have needs and wants. Like um, we need food, but we want a certain type of food. So I think wants get in the way when we want something that we have to sacrifice so much for. Um, I say if you have a lot of money and buying a fancy car is, and it doesn't hurt you financially, then go for it. But when you're not making a lot of money and you want very fancy things and want, 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 it doesn't help you. And I think learning gratitude and being so appreciative of what you have, especially at during this time where so many people's relatives are dying from COVID. Um, I'm blessed that I'm healthy and I'm blessed that my family is, and my friends are healthy. So um, you don't really need much when you really think about it. And your wants are a little bit desires versus actual needs. Okay, so now um, do you want each book which you write to stand on its own or are you trying to build a body of work with? Um, I'm trying to be, uh, all my books have a, a theme and it's all, all my books are based on basically perception. Um, so the theme of my writing, I guess it would be perceptions. But um, I do have a book that stands alone and that's Follow. Um, and that one came to me from a poem that had so much research behind it that 
when I did it as a regular poem with stanzas, nobody understood it because it seemed like it, I was talking in riddles and you needed to know the answer to these riddles just to understand it. So I decided to do it in prose and put its own book out. So it depends on what inspires me and what I think fits. You know, I'm, I have poems that don't fit the next book called Inspire Me uh, in Time of Need. And so that though I'll hold those for another time. So it depends on what is inspiring to me at the time. So now since you're talking about prose and poems, could you tell us the difference between prose and poems? Um, a poem is the general umbrella and prose is a style. It's basically you write like if you're telling a story in a paragraph versus stanzas, which are you know, some of them could be five lines and four stanzas or, and, and you have them broken down. But um, so prose is, it's almost like, it's a poetic, how can I make it easy? A poetic paragraph. It's written in poetic form and it is considered a poem, but it's more like a little story. Okay, so I've heard many people talk about purple prose. What does that mean? They talk about what, I'm sorry? Purple prose. Like it's like some kind of um, writing grammar issue. So like since you write poems, I thought maybe you might be knowing about it. Uh, I'm not familiar. I'm not, not, I'm not understanding which one it is. Um, I mean, the haikus are very popular. Um, one of my favorite types of poetry, and because uh, there's two different schools. There's the school of like street poetry, and then there's the academic poetry. And I love the street poetry. It just talks about life and what they experience. Um, so if I have to pick a style of poetry that I like as street poetry, it does have a certain rhythm to it. What was an early experience where you learned that language had power? Um, in grade school. And um, when I was learning words, I did not know how to speak English when I first um, went to school. I was born and raised in Chicago, but um, my parents spoke Spanish and that's all I knew. I understood English, I just couldn't speak it. So once I learned, I had to go to speech class and I had a wonderful second grade teacher. I still remember her name. Her name is Mrs. Myers. And she put me in speech classes. Um, because I was at the lowest level reading, even though I understood what I was reading, I just couldn't speak it. And that's when I, I just fell in love with words. Because in the back of the books in those days, they had all the words you had to learn in that book as a little kid. And so for her to advance me, she had me read every single word and give her the definition to the word. And so that's when I really started loving words because I, I used to read the dictionary and just pick out a word because I wanted to learn more words. So was it really hard to learn? Like since you could understand but could not speak it, um, did you have difficulties in that? I did, I did. And it was a different time. So people were more, I hate to say this, uh, biased against you know um, kids that didn't know how to speak English. This um, English as a second language started after when I was in high school. It's when that started. Um, 
So teachers were mean. I found that you are treated very different. And the hardest part was not learning the language. That was the easy part for me, but being treated equally when you're not a native speaker. So basically you faced a lot of trouble because of what people thought about you just because you could not speak English. Correct. Yeah. So um particularly um this all happened during the school years or like recent years. I I grew up in a pretty multicultural neighborhood which was rare for Chicago cuz Chicago is pretty segregated. but it was an area where all the neighborhoods kind of came to a point to and so i grew up with various cultures um so the the people around there were great um didn't have a problem with that and it was actually wonderful to be around so many multicultural people the dif- the difficulty was in the school and um people with their um their belief system I think that's when I became fascinated with people's belief systems as well. As a writer, what would you choose as your mascot, avatar, spirit animal? A wolf. Um I find a wolf to be a great protector. They're very family oriented. A leader, the alpha wolf will either walk in front or behind the the um the other wolves, I forget what they're called. Um to um protect them. And I there's just something in but yet they're so noble. They're an, a noble creature and they're actually beautiful so uh a wolf. Um coming to the animal part, do you have any animal you wish you could keep as a writing pet like a like many people keep a pet um which they keep with them while they're writing? some people keep cats some people keep dogs so like no no i um i don't i uh i meditate a lot if i if i'm stuck i i i use meditation to get out of it okay what kind of research do you do and how long do you spend researching before beginning a book oh wow i do a lot of research in my in my poetry and short stories and uh, the treatment we're writing now for the film it's it's based on a historical event but it's fiction and the, the person viewing this event is a, a fictional character so yeah, a lot is based on historical research and um i do research I research something to death and try to find as many different viewpoints as possible. Um in the story that we're writing, um looking at the viewpoint of the person that went through this situation, the real life person, and then I also saw what the political system was viewing. So I'm giving both points of view and sometimes finding the characters, the true historical characters views is the hardest part to find. So you write historical fiction, right? It's is you know, I don't it's not my main thing. Um I do base like uh follow Akasha Dream and through time that one each character is a historically based character. Um 
So I had to do a lot of research. What was going on in 300 BC? What was going on in the time of the gladiators? And so I did a, a, a lot of research for that because I, I wanted the, the backdrop to be as authentic as I could make it. So do you view writing as a kind of spiritual practice? Yes, I do. To me, it's extremely spiritual. Um, it was, um, I meditate all the time. And so for me, it's a sign of, it gives relief and it makes people think. And I think, and during this time, it's so important to think for yourself. I've seen so many things on the news where the people say, well, I do this because so-and-so said so. And that's the scary part. I don't care what people's political views are, but don't follow anyone blindly and, and research it. If someone makes a comment, no matter who they are, research it. Sorry about that. Um, and so it, that's basically what I have to say about, you know, that kind of thing. So what is the most difficult part of your writing process? The most difficult is learning how to start. Because when I write a poem or a story, I already know the entire story. I know the entire poem. But how do I have the beginning, middle, and the end? How, what has the most impact? What is easier for the, the reader to understand? I, I don't want to make it difficult. There's a lot of poetry out there that's beautifully written, but it's not easy to understand. And I think that's why people don't like poetry. So making it easy to understand and um, have a good punch and excitement in the beginning to keep the uh, reader interested. So where do you get your inspiration from? Uh, dreams and meditation. And, and life experience. So out of all the books you have written till now, out of them, how, what's the percentage which is taken from dreams and what's the percentage taken from real life? Um, the Inspire Me Perceptions, I mean, the Inspire Me series are more taken from real life. And it's got, you know, like um, metaphysical thinking in there as well. But those are taken more from real life. Follow Akasha Dreaming is, is totally from metaphysical and dreams. I mean, from meditation and dreams. Where can readers purchase your books? Uh, they're available on Amazon and most online stores. On Amazon, you could get the ebook. Okay, so does your, um, is your book on Kindle too? I'm where? On Kindle, Amazon Kindle? Yes, that's uh, Kindle. Mm-hmm. They come in paperback and uh, ebook, and I did record the first book, Inspire Me Raw, on audio. It's just uh, editing it and putting it out there. So, could you tell us more about your first published book and how the journey was like? The let's see, my um, my last published book. Your first published book. Uh, I'm working on my fourth one right now. No, I so, mean like the first one. Oh, the first one. I'm sorry. Um, the first one was, it was difficult. It, it was really hard. Not so much. I was, I found myself extremely dedicated to it. I would start writing in the morning and write till 10 o'clock at night. I just had so much energy for it. 
um, and so much passion for it. And then I remember talking with the people on Amazon, uh, the Kindle people, and they, I, I, the book was done, it was up, it was all set, laid out, edited. And it was so hard for me to push the publish button because I knew that if I let, and now it's out in public and they're gonna, everyone's gonna know. And I remember the woman saying, just hit, just hit publish, hit publish. And I, I, my finger just couldn't hit publish. So it was really hard at that point. And then I just took a deep breath and said, well, this is it. And um, that book, the first one has gotten more reviews than any of my other books. Um, so it was actually greatly re received. So that was really made me feel great. So where can readers um, find out more about you and your books? Um, I have a website called poeticresurrection.com. My books are on Amazon. My podcast, which is in development right now, will be released. Um, it's, it's due to, to go live next year. And um, that is also called Poetic Resurrection. So like, um, is it like on Spotify or is it on Anchor? Um, right now I don't, I, I'm going between two different hostings for the podcast and I don't know which one it's going to go with. I got to see which one has the most marketing because one of um, they're the ones that are going to be putting it on Spotify, on yeah. Apple and all that. So I have an, um, um, tip if you want to use it i currently since my podcast is on anchor it's like this website called anchor.com i mean and anchor.fm so mm -hmm. on that they distribute your podcast on each and every radio station they have so oh, yes yeah, i saw that i saw that when i signed up for that i saw anchor i yeah. saw buzzspout and there's another one um, because I, I, don't, I saw some of your podcasts and I saw that, you know, they go from five minutes to 15. I listened to some of them and that's about the length of mine. They're not going to be very long either. So like I, I, this one, I think the episode which I'm shooting right now, this might be the longest one I've ever done till now. Probably oh. most of them are like, <laughs> like whenever I call an really, um, important person on my show, it always reaches really long. Oh, okay. Well, I'm flattered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now let's come to the next question. Um, okay. What were the key challenges you think many people will be facing while writing? Um, finishing. I have seen so many writers, they start with one story and then they don't finish that. Then they start another story and they don't finish that. Um, and it's hard. It's uh, you know I I know my attention span is not the longest, so I stick to poetry and short stories. And I think once I um, feel better about a short story, I'll I'll hit that novel. I'm a great admirer of people that can finish a novel. It takes quite a bit of work. Um, so yeah, that I think it's really I, nice. Yeah. Um, so what is your favorite quote of all time? The favorite... I'm sorry. What? 
I didn't hear you. Oh, oh my favorite quote? Yeah. Yes. Oh, let me get it for you. It's in my first book. And I have a tendency to go back to the, uh, the sages and the people of the time because I think everything that we do now is a reflection on what they already did. And this one is by Rumi, if I can find it. Oh, yes. Yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself. That's one of my favorite quotes. So is this quote written by you or did you just... No, no, this is from Rumi. Rumi existed. He was a poet and um, a sage, basically, in the 1500s. In, um, he was Persian. So um, since we came to the poetic part, could you please tell me... This question was actually not there in the interview questions. But um, could you please tell me who is your favorite poet? Anyone. Uh, Oh my God. Or you can tell multiple. I have so many. I, I, I have too many favorite poem poets because some of them are, I read for the, their skill because they write really well. Um, I, I, you know, Rumi, I guess, it, you know, I, I go to the ancients because of the translations fit so much of what we do now. Um, but I mean, more modern ones, there's, there's just so many. And uh, there's a lot of the uh, uh, slam poetry that are, are really good too. So it's hard for me to say, I don't actually have one favorite. I have like a whole bunch of favorites. Yeah, actually that, that's actually a question which is really hard to answer, especially if you're supposed to choose only one. Yeah, because, you know, some of them inspire you, other ones make you think, other ones just have such, there's like a, a zest for life in their poetry, so it's, it really depends on my mood at the time of which one is my favorite. So, what do you like, what do you like to do when you're not writing? I am an actress, and so um, I work on doing some voiceovers. And uh, since we're in a pandemic, unless you book a job and you're on the set, you, um, you know, I'm working on my voiceover. Uh, it's for me personally. Um, I'm working on my audiobook, and I love to decorate. So I, I do decoration. It's it's also therapeutic for me to uh, organize and and do um, and decorate. That's really nice. So, what did you want to be? when you grew up? Um, you know what's funny is I always wanted to be an entertainer and I always wanted to be a writer and I'm actually doing that. So it, it took me years to get to that point because I felt, oh, you have to have a regular job. You have to pay your bills and, and that. And then, you know, like acting and, and writing was something that was just, you know, something that, like a hobby. And granted, I still have to work and make money, but I am doing the things I love. So I think I'm pretty blessed. If you could have one, if you could only have one season, what would it be? Summer. I, and, and not really hot summers. If I had my options, I would have 
my home here and then have a home in South America somewhere where when we're going through winter here, they're in their summer, I would go down there. Uh, so because and not because of the heat, but because the days are long. And I have so much more energy when the days are long. Daylight is, I, I just love a lot of daylight. Um, so now could you um, describe yourself in three words and what would they be? If you like had to describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Um, kind, because I believe in kindness. Um, assertive. Um, and, oh, let me see. I, I thought about this one for quite some time because uh, most places ask you to describe yourself in three words. Um, so, um, and a, a learner. I'm, I think my, one of my best traits is that I love to learn. And um, so I spend a lot of time doing that. So I'm definitely a learner. If you could cure a disease, what would it be? Oh, if I could cure a disease, I would um, cure isolation and depression. Um, because I think that without, if one of my favorite phrases, it's by Lao Tzu, and I'm gonna paraphrase it. And it says, um, if, you, if you have depression, you live in the past. If you have anxiety, you live in the future. If you're at peace, you're in the present. And I, it, mental health would be the thing because how we perceive things, how we think totally affects our body. If we're full of hate and anger, we are setting ourselves up for heart disease, cancer, arthritis. Because if you look at someone with rheumatoid arthritis and it affects their hands, their hands are clenched and it looks like they're angry. So it would be mental health. Okay, so since you said that you are single too, right? Yes. So I forgot to add this into the interview question, so I'm not sure whether you will be prepared or no. Mm -hmm. But I was wondering whether you would like to share one of your um, poets in a singing form. Sure. Let me um, let me pick one of my books, one that's not too long. But in this one, I think it'll fit into this time. This one's from Inspire Me Perception. And it's one of the poems that, um, let me see, I have to look up my own pages here. And it's about hope and perce uh, perception, how you see things, which is what most of my writing's about. And it's called Tomorrow. If I was to die tomorrow, would, have, would I have organized my home? Would I have left my paperwork in order? Would I have made it easier for my family? If I was to die tomorrow, would I have followed and completed my dreams? Would I have loved the way I wanted to love? Would I have visited the world like I wanted to? If I was to die tomorrow, would I, would I have, 
Would I have told those that I love that I love them? Would I have seen the beauty in my own life? Can I say that I live my life to its fullest? If I was to die tomorrow, would I have lived today? Would I have loved differently? Would I have left my life? Would I have felt my life was complete? If I would die tomorrow, a sadness would be there to know that I wasted so much time afraid of the unknown. If I was to die tomorrow, I would make the unknown known. I'd face the unknown I was so afraid of as I choose my life today with strength and joy. That's really beautiful. Thank you. So, was this one of the um, poems which you wrote in the series or? Yeah, it's in the series. It's in the book, Inspire Me Perception. I don't know if you could see that. It's very blurry in here. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's in Inspire Me Perception. Okay, yeah. So I guess all the interview questions are done. And I really thank you for being here with us. Thank Um, you so much for having me. Do you have any questions? Uh, No, I think that would be it. If I have any questions, I will send you a, a, a note, a message. Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you for you. being here. Thank I you. I hope you had a great time. I did. I really enjoyed it. I um, I wish you much success. Thank you. Same to you. Thank and I you. hope um, you send the link for your new book. Yeah, I will send the link for my new book and um, I'll uh, send you something else um, with it. I would just have to get some information. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Have a fabulous day. Have a fabulous day. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. I hope you all um, learned something by what was told. Um, so moving on, we'll be talking more about the poet and writer Sonia Lozada. As she had told in her in the in the episode she is a poet and performer fascinated with perceptions of time history dreams and metaphysical her number one best-selling publications include inspire me raw it was published in 2017 and was followed by akashic dreaming through time which was published in 2019 and then another book called inspire me perception which is also published in 2019 her upcoming book is entitled Inspire Me in Time of Need, which is the third in the Inspire Me series. Poetry has always been Sonia's way of explaining the bicultural world around her. She is also an actor for both stage and screen. She has appeared in films such as Out of the Wild and Expired, among others. Her podcast, Poetic Resurrection, is in development and slated to launch in 2021. Her book, Follow, Akashic Dreaming Through Time, is currently being adapted for film. So, these are the things, um, few things I would love to tell about her. Her books are available on Kindle, Amazon, and many other bookstores. She writes poems, as I told you earlier, and... I hope you all enjoyed listening to her poem 
as it was extremely wonderful and i hope you learned the essence of poems and how they can change your lives so guys i guess this is the end of the episode and i hope to see you next time bye